What's up, guys? Welcome to the Lazy Boy QBs podcast. We are on episode 68, here to wrap up week four, uh, what was previously called the the first quarter of the season. Uh, Then those money-hungry owners decided to add a 17th game, so now we're just short of the first quarter. Joining me today, as he does every episode, the one, the only, Miami's finest, South Beach's greatest gem, Johnny Ryder. John, how you doing, boss? Chad, Chad, I wish I wish I could be feeling better, but it's been another depressing weekend of, of Miami Dolphin football. And but you know I'm here with you, and I'm starting to feel a little bit better, man. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, we waited we waited a couple of days from Sun, a couple extra days from Sunday um, to record, so that way we could have some space away, so that way you could, you know, that way hopefully you were feeling a little bit more upbeat when we recorded. So hope uh, hope hope that plan is working out well for us. I mean, when we go into the Homer section, I think I'm getting to that acceptance phase of oh, you know, depression. No. Oh, no. Well, look, let's go ahead and get into that. But first, man, let's go ahead and pay the bills. Talk to them. 757-786-305-561. I salute you. 561 gets its swag back after a beatdown of the FIU Panthers this past weekend. Whoop, whoop. And, of yes, course... Sir. Three three six. Yes. Can't forget Greenville, North Carolina. Titus, you are a watch. My bad, Greensboro. Yeah. yeah. No, no, definitely Titus. I'm telling you, he hopefully. Well, he's probably going to be listening. He's a good follow on Twitter, and he's a all-time Panthers fan. I was giving him a little bit of shit on Sunday. He was probably a little pissed off and annoyed, but oh well. I had a good time with it. <laughs> Uh, boss, that kind of brings us right where we want to start this podcast. We're going to be doing the first quarter awards later, um, and actually getting into a little bit of a little bit of strange news, you know, for this time of the year. And you don't really hear a lot of transactional stuff going on, but a couple of those to deal with. But before any of that, we got to hit the Homer corner. Um, first, we're going to go ahead and talk about the Miami Dolphins. Your your team lost to the Indianapolis Colts, twenty seven seventeen. You know, like how I do, I'll just let you have the floor because I know you definitely have thoughts. Same shit, just a different weeks, Chad. <laughs> it, it's just embarrassing, right? You know, and, and and I even have some questions for you after watching this game. Look, okay. the offensive line uh, s- still continues yeah. to be a mess. Yeah. Um, Miami is becoming an undisciplined football team. Very surprisingly. Uh, I mean, that, right? fourth, yeah. that fourth and three offsides, which I'm sure you were going to talk about, but that killed them. Fourth and three offsides. Joaquin Grant, another muff well, punt. Well, he's out of there, isn't he? he yeah. Got, he ended up getting moved. So I to the Bears. Was, I thought that was uh, <laughs> I mean, this is a week, you know, two weeks after, you know, fumbling the ball in, in the red zone. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> my God. Um, hey, check this out, Chad. Jacoby Brissett, right? 20 for 30, 199 yards, two touchdowns, right? Yeah. Hey, Chad, how many of those 199 yards do you think he had in the first three quarters? Well, I'm glad you asked because I actually did some research. And uh, okay. I saw that, not on him specifically, but I saw in the first three quarters, you guys ran 35 plays for 53 mm-hmm. yards, uh, which which even the Chicago Bears from last week weren't even impressed with. Um 
and uh, and only got seven first downs. And then on the last two drives of the game, you guys look like the Cowboys offense. I mean, two straight 75-yard drives, two touchdowns. Jacoby Brissett's out there making plays. I just, yeah. So I don't know exactly I mean, how many he had, but I know the team had most of them in that fourth. It was 123 out of the 199. Damn. Damn. <laughs> uh, Damn. Chad. This team ran for sixteen for thirty five yards and sixteen carries as a team. Yeah, Chad, that wasn't, Chad, yeah, that's not. Good. I and this is what what's starting to bother me the most, right? Like Jacoby Brissett, mm-hmm. honestly, he's the ultimate checkdown king. He had open looks. If yeah. you look at the tape, there are plenty of YouTube tapes out there of like the the because you know the TV only follows the ball. It's kind of see what you're getting down the field. Right. Um, uh, dude, uh, there were open throws that he just didn't take. He refused to take. Jalen Waddle, uh, first first couple of drives looked super explosive. Had two catches. He was making you know people miss. Then they just forgot about Jalen Waddle for the yeah. rest of the game, nope. right? I, I, I'm like, what are we doing? And and this is what I want to ask you, Chad. Okay. I'm starting to believe that this arrogance of not investing in the running back position is not paying off because you know what I see with the Dolphins. Running backs with a lack of vision that that play behind a bad offensive line and they just run into the pile, right? Because the the the, the holes close really fast, right? But Chad, I see other running backs in the NFL that they see the hole close, and so they they, they kind of just take take a quick look around and they go around it, right? Because the pile is collapsing, so they find something else, and it seems like Dolphins running backs are incapable of doing that, so. My question to you is, do you think that sometimes it's good? I know we talk about, hey, any running back can look great behind an offensive line. But there are some running backs that can kind of make their own yards despite the offensive line, right? Yep. 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 That's true. Um, I think I, I think that the, the issue is, is I think they felt that the offensive line was going to – like the way that they built this team – um, you know, especially at the quarterback position, I think the way Tua and Brissett really both play, they're both quarterbacks. And look, 99% of quarterbacks need time, but those two guys I feel like need it more so than, than the average NFL quarterback um, because they just kind of play the game a little bit of, of a slower pace, I, I would say, as far as their process and the plays and stuff. The running backs, look, you talked about it. They they really don't have a guy that's that shifty type, you know. You know, they don't have a guy who is really going to use that type of vision and bounce it to the outside and kind of get something. Gaskin is getting five a carry, um, and that's kind of the most explosive guy, but I don't feel like he's st- – I still don't feel like he brings that pop, you know, that bounce that we're talking about. So, Two carries for three yards. Well, it, yeah, exactly. And, 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 and so I think that they were kind of banking on that line being, you know, we had talked about it before the year. They had made moves, definitely. You know, they had invested in that offensive line somewhat to make it, you know, to, to improve it a step from what it was last season when we clearly yep. knew it was one of the whole, the biggest holes of, and probably the biggest reason why the team ended up not making the playoffs um, at the end of the day. Um, so they had invested a lot and changed that up. Um, and then, you know, we haven't seen it. It hasn't paid dividends yet. Um, I don't really see any evidence that that's going to turn around anytime soon. But I guess as your friend, I, I would hope that maybe it does. 
You know, it, it's just as a point. This is kind of like exactly what say, happened. Sorry, Ooh, sorry. Just, just one more thing on the on the Dolphins' offense, though. I the one thing that makes me glad that Jalen Waddle that they forgot about him is so that I don't have to see him run six bubble screens for thirteen yards and a half or something like that. Because I am sick of that already, and he's only played four games. I would have been okay with that, Chad. I, I, at least yeah. he's getting the ball. It, 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 no, and that's, that's what's killing me. He, he, it, the, the playmakers are not getting the balls up. There's a there's a dumb-headed, you know, boneheaded play by by Brissett in the fourth in the third quarter where he just fumbles the ball when he should have given up on a play. Um, the defense is not holding up anymore. They just can't do it, right? Um, Jonathan Taylor um, ran for 103 yards and 16 carries. Uh, th- th- this whole uh, Indianapolis, you know, team just kind of ran all over the Dolphins. Um, Marlon Mack got his touches. Uh, a guy that I think Miami should target, uh, you know, uh, as far as a trade, gives something up to go get a running back with, with a little bit more more vision, a, a little bit more. Uh, just being a, being a, a better overall player. Uh, it, it, the, the whole Devontae Parker thing, like, man, look, we already know what Devontae Parker is. He's not going to get open. You just kind of throw the ball up there. He's either going to draw a penalty or he's going to catch the ball, which he did in the fourth quarter. They had him. Oh, like, yeah. They had him all covered up, but he's just like, no, I'm, I'm bigger and better than you. I've been... I've been running this shit for three quarters, and you only find me in the fourth fucking quarter. It's fucking despicable, Chad. For, for fucking three quarters of football, I have to sit there and watch a lifeless team. And that's about two and a half hours of my fucking Sunday. And I only get 48 hours per, you know, per weekend, but per week, you know, just to kind of like relax. And, and this is what I fucking get. And you know what? I didn't put them down as, my, as the most disappointing team. You know why, Chad? Because a lot of fucking people in the media before the season, they didn't even put the Dolphins in the playoffs. And I got a little upset, but you know what? Maybe they're off to something. And it's just effing annoying. It's effing annoying. We're going to go to Tampa this weekend, and we're going to get destroyed. Because this team has nothing. The, the, the play calling, the offense, it's all gimmicky. It looks gimmicky. It doesn't look like a professional office. It doesn't look like the Chargers, the Cowboys, the Rams. It just looks like shit. Like we're playing fucking Sunbelt football over here. I'm just tired of it, Chad. Yeah, man. I, I sympathize with you. I really do. I, I would say... Um, you know, another issue, obviously, is the Will Fuller going on IR. Obviously, that doesn't help. <laughs> Give up on the dude. Just, yeah. I mean, we don't have anybody that can get him the ball down the field anyways. Yeah. So just, just I don't know why you bring him down. If you're not going to get the ball down the field, why bring Will Fuller in? Yeah, and that's the thing is, I think, um, you know, it kind of goes back to the theory I made at the, at the top is I think they were just projecting that line to be better because you know two is not going to feel comfortable enough to throw downfield unless he has a, a good amount of protection. Um, you know, Jacoby Brissett, obviously the same way. He really likes to see his receivers open before he's making throws. Um, but, you know, okay, so I'll end, I guess this can be the light at the end of the tunnel for you, boss, is, is what do you think, like, what's the possibility of a, of a Deshaun Watson trade? Do you think that that's something now that's more likely, less likely? Where do you see that shaking off? Or do you see that something that wouldn't even be explored in season? 
No, I don't know about in season, but there are rumors out there that Stephen Ross is really pushing for this Deshaun yeah. Watson trade if it's I've, available. I've heard that as well. And uh, you know the Dolphins have draft capital, and if the if, and if 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 we continue down this road, because look, I get it. To, you know, there are a lot of people saying, "Well, but this offense was really built for Tua, not for for Brissett." Honestly, I'm not 100% sure how much of an improvement Tua will be when he comes back. Not this week against Tampa, but the following weekend in London against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, so this is how I'll put it to you, Chad. This team had expectations coming to the season because they won 10 games last year. Not saying about an in-season trade, but if this team finishes like 6-11, and 11, Seven and ten. Yep. There is a real possibility that one, if Flores stays, because now that becomes an issue. If Flores stays, he's going to have to give up the offense. Yeah, that the owner is probably going to go find somebody else to run that offense, and that whoever that new offensive coordinator is, they're going to decide one is the Sean. Is it the Sean Watson going forward, or two, who's going to be the new quarterback of the Miami Dolphins? But as each week progresses, as we go by each week, and if the Dolphins don't drastically, I'm sorry, drastically improve their play on offense, this Deshaun Watson trade is looking more and more likely. And I'm telling you, Deshaun Watson's probably love seeing the Dolphins' offense like, just struggle the way they are. Yeah, and the funny thing is with him, he's probably he'd go down to Miami and and, and fit right in with that offense because he's used to playing with a bad line, and you know yep. he's. He's one of those players, you know, we're going to talk about some guys later, is the quarterback position is the ultimate equalizer in all of sports. You know, you can a great quarterback can make up for a bad offensive line, and we're seeing that with some of the best guys at the position in the league. And, and Deshaun Watson, you know, for all the, all the trouble that he may be worth right now or whatever his situation is, he's one of those guys that you can count on a hand or so that can absolutely change the direction of your franchise. And be that equalizer for you on really both sides of the ball. So, and can I just add one more thing, Chad? Because I know I've been going on for a long time. No, People no, keep no. saying, "Oh, there's so many odd draft picks. They're giving so many draft picks. What draft picks have worked out in the last two years for the Dolphins? Yeah, who had slammed on pit? Look, Tua, Igbahogany, Austin Jackson, Liam Eikenberg, Robert Hunt." I just linked three offensive linemen, and our fucking biggest issue is the offensive line. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the concerning part, right? That, Like kind of what we talked about is they've invested in it. They've tried, but they just haven't been able to find a solution to this point. And, and yeah, like you, like, you know, like you said, that when, when people argue about the draft capital, you know, most of the guys that we're talking about who get drafted will never reach the heights of, you know, even being as good as what Deshaun Watson is at their position, and then you factor in how much more important it is to have a great quarterback, especially one who's in his prime, when you have a team that's ready to win right now. I don't really know that there's a, a, an amount of capital that you could give up that would, to me at least, be like, oh my God, how'd they give up that much? So, that's, just uh, maybe, that's just me to make you feel better. Fans. Let's talk about some good teams, man. I guess, shit, I guess that brings us to Dallas. I guess that brings us to Dallas. Uh, Cowboys picked up the 36-28 win over Carolina. Um, I'll go ahead and give my thoughts first, boss. I thought, um, once again, you know, the running game looked amazing. There was, uh, I saw before, I know this is my second time talking about him in the pod, but shout out to Titus. 
he had like he's a Panthers fan. He had liked a little tweet saying, um, you know, that the Panthers had handled Alvin Kamara, so there's no need to worry about Zeke Elliott. Man, man, Zeke, <laughs> Zeke, uh, and as I talked about with you before the pod, I didn't really know if Zeke was still at this level. But guess what? He's showing for the last couple of weeks that he is. Twenty carries, 143 yards, and a touchdown. He looked really good. Dak played super efficient, 14 to 22, uh, only 185 yards, but four touchdown passes. Um, Trayvon Diggs continues his streak of interceptions. I think they said becomes the 17th player of all time. Uh, which kind of sounds like a lot, but, you know, kind of is, kind of isn't, uh, to have five interceptions through the first four games of the season. So picked off Sam Darnold twice in that game. Um, and, you know, I thought the defense kind of fell asleep in that fourth quarter. Granted, Diggs did exit the game with a uh, with a back injury. Um, it's said to not be serious at all, and he was just leaving for precautionary reasons, basically. So uh, not anything I'm too worried about. Um but, yeah, I thought Dallas looked really good. They really ran away with the game in that third quarter. Um, mm-hmm. They outscored Carolina 20 to nothing there, and the offense just looked super efficient, super productive. Uh, Cedric Wilson's out there making plays. Dalton Schultz is out there making plays. Blake yes, Darwin, he is. Uh, you know, getting the tight ends involved. I don't, I don't think C.D. Lamb had a catch in the game until, you know, late in the third quarter or something like that, and he was not heavily involved at all. So it was Last couple of games like that. Yeah, exactly, and, and Dallas has shown that, look, they're a team that they can beat you in, in multiple but, ways. But, Chad, w- w- why pass the ball when you can run for 245 yards well, and average 7.2 yards a carry? Like, no kidding, man. <laughs> I mean, why, why do you throw the ball? Like, yeah. You can't even. You, you're the number one defense, right? The Carolina Panthers were the number one defense coming into this weekend. Yeah. And my God, they could. I think they were giving up like 35 rushing yards per game through the first three. So we uh, we, we we had more. Zeke had more by himself than they had given up the entire season. So that made me feel pretty good. I mean, Tony Baller, uh, Pollard is out there balling oh too on the limited carries, Absolutely. man. Absolutely, absolutely. Do you guys want to trade him to the Dolphins? Man, I tell you what's funny is right now, you know, I know running backs don't necessarily have value, but right now, man, I, I would argue you could probably get a whatever, like, the peak value you could get for a running back, I think is what you could get for Pollard right now. Like a third or a fourth? Probably a third, I would, yeah, I would say. Yeah. Which, yeah. which, I mean, if you're Dallas, though, you're like, well, he was a, a fourth-round pick. Why would you give up? him to get a third round pick especially when they're in win now mode uh so i don't think dallas oh yeah but uh, they won't even bite it yeah they're like all right dolphins you you can keep your second and your third yeah because also he's insurance in case zeke ends up getting hurt or not you know performing down the road or look i mean i think they're playing it perfectly right now using both backs uh they ran a great fourth down play i did you see the the fourth down that they had to kind of seal the game um, I did not. It was a fourth and one, and they had a handoff to Zeke, and then Zeke ran a little option route, and he pitched it to Pollard, uh, who ended up getting two, two yards on a fourth and one. So that was, you know, that was really nice to see. I, I think the offensive line right now for the first four games is playing amazing. Uh, Tyron Smith looks like he's back to his elite level. I will say, you know, he's. I still am going to be skeptical that it's going to happen for 17 straight games until I see it happen for 17 straight games. Um, you know, that's just kind of the way he's been the past couple of years. Zach Martin is back controlling the offensive line, anchoring the offensive line. Man, and Connor McGovern is playing amazing right now. Um, so that's three guys who really 
are, are, are dominant. I think PFF had said that they're three of the top five offensive linemen that they've graded out this year. Um, although we had a little text this weekend uh, kind of d- disputing how, how, how valuable we think PFF ratings are after uh, – True. You know, some – Jalen some Smith. Qu- yeah, after some questionable <laughs> ones that we're going to get to in a second. But uh, – Boss, what did what did you think of Dallas? Did you get to catch any of the game at all, or or what are you? What well, are you so, I, I did, I did, I did. As the Dolphins were getting blown out for the first time ever, I kind of put that little screen on the NFL Sunday ticket because usually I just put the Dolphins on. Yeah. But I, I put that little screen. Just just dominant on the offensive side of the ball, man. I, I just you know it, it's everything that I want the Dolphins to have. Sorry for bringing them up, but it's it's just a dominant offense. Like they they line up and they run the the ball down the, the Carolina Panthers' throat, and there was not much they could do. And when he felt like, you know, the, the Panthers kept creeping closer, Dak would just pull the ball in the play action and just throw the ball, and, and, they, and he would find the right receiver. Look, 188 yards, but he had four touchdowns. But, uh, Chad, looking at this defense for the Cowboys, right? Uh, five sacks, man. They hit yeah. the quarterback 11 times. Yeah. This, this, this defense isn't a joke anymore. And, and, and you know... To me, it just kind of proves how far the Cowboys have come along because there was nothing but praise for the Carolina Panthers. I talked about how good they were last week, especially on the defensive side. Yeah. Cowboys kind of show that not only they can dominate on the offensive side, but they can really hurt you on defensively too. Granted, DJ Moore had a, had a really good game. And, and, and I'm not going to sit here and say the Carolina Panthers didn't score points. They did. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the Cowboys were able to put more points on the board. And like you said, they dominated that third quarter. They yeah. made the adjustments and they dominated in the third quarter. Yeah, and I think Dallas's yeah, defense think is kind of sig- is kind of showing the shift in defenses across the NFL right now where, look, you, you're going to give up yards 100%. Like, you're not going to yep. – I mean, offenses are too good. These quarterbacks nowadays are too good. The rules and all this stuff, the offense is too free-flowing. You're going to give up yards no matter what. I mean, look at any quarterback. He's pretty much going to have a chance to throw for 300 yards every game. The key is getting timely plays and creating yep. turnovers. And Dallas, look, to, to their credit, I think it's 10 straight games now with two-plus turnovers. So, you know, I knew that was kind of a – they had started trending in that direction at the end of last season when the defense sneaky picked up. But, man, they're going all in on it this year with, with, with the turnovers um, so far. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, you know, obviously a huge part of that with the, mm-hmm. with the five INTs. You know, Randy Gregory looked really good, right? You alluded to the five sacks. He had two um, coming off that edge, kind of that providing that bend. Him, him and uh, mm-hmm. Terrell Basham, both of them coming off the edge. Yep. And this is all occurring while Demarcus Lawrence, who I would argue, um, you know, who I think is still a little overpaid, but, you know, you would argue is probably the key player, the best player on that defense. Um, and he's, you know, still out right now. So I, I can't wait to see what they look like when he gets back, you know, when Gallup gets back. Um, I, I think Dallas is, is a team that is trending in the right direction. Granted, I will say, I'm a little nervous for this Giants game on Sunday. I'm not going to lie. The Giants mm. look really good. Um, you know, Daniel Jones has looked good for a couple weeks in a row now. They look really good against New Orleans. Um, I don't want to talk too much about them, but I'm just saying, like, I've, I've, I'm mildly cautious. I'll be really happy if we come out and perform well in that one because that will kind of show me that I think we're a really good team. Can I be completely honest with you? Yeah, absolutely. Man, after that beatdown that you guys put on the Eagles, I think you guys will have no problem handling the NFC East. Yeah, I feel that way too. But, you know, you always kind of want to see it before you just absolutely pencil it in for occurring. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I and like I said, I think the Giants are kind of trending in the right direction sneakily right now. Um, boss, mm. let's talk about a player who isn't trending in the right direction. Sticking to Dallas, though, uh, Jalen Smith got released. We're recording this on Wednesday, October 6th. This occurred uh, last night, I think, is when the news broke about it. Mm-hmm. Look, man, this is a guy who, um, when he was drafted in the second round out of Notre Dame, covered from that torn ACL that he had uh, against Ohio State and that Fiesta Bowl um, horrific injury, came back and, and was a really good player for two years. Played with a lot of speed, played with a lot of range defensively, was making a lot of plays right at the line of scrimmage, was able to actually cover some backs and some tight ends, um, you know, in some in some man-to-man systems, and was also, you know, a guy who could take away the crossing route, you know, on, on a short situation because he was able to play that zone and then get up to the ball and was making a bunch of plays, a bunch of tackles. But, man, this just has not – he's not been the same guy um, for the past two years. And, and it's scary because Dallas had, had just signed him to a six-year, $68 million extension kind of right when he started going into the shitter. Um, so that's obviously not, not ideal at all. They're going to eat up the $7.2 million cap hit for him for the rest of this year. And then uh, they're going to have a $6.8 million cap hit on him next year. And then he's going to be off their books after that year. Uh, in comparison to the deal itself, which had ran through 2024 season, uh, Jonathan, what do you what are you thinking of all this? How do you how do you feel? What what was your what were your thoughts when the news came across? Well, because you know I, I talked to you a lot, I, I I wasn't necessarily surprised. Look, I feel like Jalen Smith is one of those guys that kind of has played on the reputation of, of past play. Yep. Um, I mean, hell, they they referred to him as Pro Bowler. Right. Least, you know. Um, you know, the deal itself was a little bit questionable when they when they gave him that all that money. Absolutely. Um, and and you're always telling me, Jonathan, he he plays slow. He 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 he's not. Uh, he he's just not there, right? Yeah. yeah he can't cover it. Look, he, it's not working out. So when when I saw when you told me about the news yesterday, I'm like, okay, well, it seems like you know the Cowboys were right in line with what you said. Yeah. You know, it, it seems like with with the additions of you know Micah Parsons and, and, and Clayton Vendersh, and we even talked about this like before the season. I was like, hey, Keanu Neal, who's been injured, right? And, yeah, and, yeah. and, and uh, Micah Parsons has been filling at the at, at the edge position, you know, as Randy uh, Gregory is coming back and, and D Law is out. Mm-hmm. But we, I think, we even talked about before the season, like. What's going to happen with this linebacker position? Is one of these guys, is one of these guys going to get out because of Micah Parsons? And it, I guess it, it finally happened. And my thought is this: Look, it, it, it's never. It's kind of weird. Like fans don't like guys getting cut in the middle of the season because it's like, what's the point? Yeah. Better to cut him now than wait till the end of the season because it's nothing but dead weight. It's a guy who's getting overpaid but he's not performing. And you know what? I, I can. I believe it can be kind of toxic. In the locker room, right? Because honestly, I don't know what kind of player Jalen Smith is in the locker room. But here you are, one of the highest play players on the roster, especially on the defensive side. But everybody knows that you're not getting the reps. Everybody knows that you're not getting the snaps. If this kid Michael Parsons comes in and Keanu Neal, all these free agents, and they're all out playing you, get rid of you. And of course, uh, they don't talk about that $9.2 million guarantee in case he's injured. And this is a player with an injury history for next year that was fully guaranteed. Yeah. So might as well get rid of him now. He tried to find a trading partner. Nobody's going to take that 
you know. So I, I guess now he goes and I mean, I guess you told me about the Chargers yesterday. I think they're trying to replace Denzel Perriman, even though their linebackers look pretty good. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, uh, it is what it is, man. I think that's a good move by the Cowboys. Yeah, I tell you, man, it's so weird because all my friends that I talk to, you know, I tell you I'm in a group chat with, you know, a bunch of guys and we're all kind of fans of different teams. There There were guys from multiple, who are fans of multiple different teams who were yeah. like, man, shit, I hope we pick up Jalen Smith. And it's like, dude, dude, people don't realize, I guess people just don't realize he's cooked. So I guess because he's still young, but man, he just really can't move side to side anymore. And it just happened really fast, and I don't understand how, but it, it was weird. Here, I, I, I'll, I'll probably tell you why, man. I, 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 <laughs> his, his Madden rating is probably pretty good, so that's why. <laughs> Could be, yeah. I, I guess there are a lot of fans that probably base themselves that way. Um, boss, let's go ahead and talk to talk about a, another move, one that you'd probably only only see happen in Madden uh, coming into the season because of how highly people thought of this guy. But Stephon Gilmore, uh, New England Patriots cornerback, former New England Patriots cornerback, should I say, traded to the Carolina Panthers. Panthers trading a 2023 sixth-round pick. Um, can, now, can I can I take the lead on? The, oh, go ahead. No, 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 absolutely. Go ahead, please, please. please. Okay. No, I'm just saying I, I'm I'm not surprised. Okay. okay. Uh, I, I, look, they were trying to move Stephon Gilmore before he went in, in, in onto the IR. Yeah. Uh, they, they couldn't. They, oh, the pup. I'm sorry. Yeah, not the IR. The pup. Yeah. Um, you know because and but they were trying to move him. They 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 had you know salary. Uh, they wanted him to take a pay cut. He was not about that. Uh, he wanted an extension. They're not willing to give him one. Honestly, I think he, he was never going to come back to the Patriots, even if he wasn't traded. Uh, I think he would be one of those deals where you just got to come back and you just sit your ass down or just put him on the IR for the rest of the season. Um, uh, but to me, uh, good move by the Panthers, right? They're all in. They're all in. And, and, and they're, you know, I know they have Deontay Johnson. Uh, Deontay Johnson. It's a Don Johnson? Dante Jackson. Dante Jackson. They traded for C.J. Henderson. I know they have A.J. Bouye as a veteran presence over there. But, man, like, on the fly here for a six-round pick in 2023? Like, why the hell not? Yeah. You know, you're trying to compete for a playoff spot in the NFC. It's going to be tough because of all those teams in the West. But... You know, you got to go out there and shoot your shot. And I, I really love this trade for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree with you. I think the only thing that surprised me about the trade was the uh, was the price that, that Carolina ended up mm. having to pay. Um, granted, this was a guy who hit the Patriots. I mean, it had broke earlier that day that they were more than willing to just go ahead and release him. Um, yep. And then, and then kind of later on, the trade – or it broke that uh, there was actually going to be a trade um, with the Panthers. Um but, yeah, I think David Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, you know, he's a hedge fund type of guy. He's that value, smart money type of thing. He just looked at it and said, look, man, a 2023 six-round pick isn't shit. And if that means that we can go out and really solidify ourselves as a playoff team this year, which I think, you know, in Carolina's mind when they make this move or these moves that they've made, should I say, that they, in their mind, I think kind of shows them like, hey, you know, that's what we're going for, right? And, yep. and they think they feel like they probably have a really good chance. And 
you know, look, I was if coming into the season. I was asking myself who the seventh playoff team was going to be in the NFC. You know, there was a lot of talk of New Orleans maybe getting that spot. Doesn't look like they're the team right now. Um, and Carolina proved that they're a step better than them. So I don't see why Carolina doesn't think that they that they can do this. Um, the only thing I worry about real quickly, boss, and then we're going to take mm-hmm. a quick break is I don't know how much Stefan Gilmore has left in the tank. You know, we talk about mm-hmm. Belichick and some of the personnel decisions that he makes that, that are confusing. I tell you, the one thing you can't really argue with is his track record on knowing when guys are finished. You know, he'll always release a guy right exactly as he's about to be washed or right before he becomes a horrible contractor, you know, right before whatever, right before he kind of falls off to that next level. So are you worried about that at all? And and do you see Gilmore or do you see Gilmore making kind of a kind of getting back to a, a solid form for him? Remember, he's still he's looking for a payday, too. Yeah, that's the thing. Look, I think it's a good move for the Carolina Panthers as long as they're not opening their checkbook over here to give him an extension, right? And I'm not really sure if he's willing to play without an extension yeah. because, you know, because he might be like, man, I'm not going to feel like he was he was holding out from Patriots camp. Yeah. Uh, he, he he was not going to play without without guaranteed money. Now, that's something to play out with. Um, and you're absolutely right. You know, Bill Belichick has let, let guys go, and then they get that huge pay paycheck, and then everybody, and then the guy doesn't perform. Like, shit, Bill did it again, right? Yep. I just feel like the Panthers have to play this right. And honestly, if I'm the Panthers, I'm not over here. I don't feel the pressure to pay Gilmore because at the end of the day, it's a six round flyer on the dude. Absolutely. So uh, the what I'm selling to Stephon Gilmore is like this: like, hey man. Um, it's something you brought up. You're, you're coming back to South Carolina. You, I mean, to, to the Carolinas. You, you know, yeah. uh, you play co- your college ball here. Why don't you we try to make a run? Try to make something special. Let's go up against the Patriots. Let's go up against Brady. Let's see if we have something here. And then you know, in the off season, we can go from there. Uh, so, I, I, I honestly, I give this this trade a, a B, not necessarily an A, just because of the whole. What if Stephon Gilmore doesn't want to play unless he gets paid? True. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree with all of that right down to the grade. Um, Boss, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. On the other side, you know, we're going to be going over our first quarter awards. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Uh, As we said before the break, we are going to get into our first quarter awards. Like we said at the top, we know it's not technically the first quarter mark, but damn it, this is as close as we're going to get. And this is when the bye weeks start uh, coming up in week five. So we felt like this was the time. Plus, we're just in a giving mood. So we're going to give out some awards. Jonathan. Some good, some bad. Well, I was going to say, yeah, that's the thing. Some people aren't going to be happy with their awards. Uh, Jonathan, best rookie. That's what we're going to start with. Who do you have for this award? Man, shout out, Sun57. Woo! I got linebacker Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, man. Yes, Look, sir. The, stat, the stats don't show too much. Um, 17 sacks. I'm sorry, sorry, 17 tackles. That good uh, tape shows. You know, a half sack. But let me tell you something, man. Like this dude is just a legitimate run stopper as well. Uh, you, you see him making open field tackles one on one against you know this past weekend against Dalvin Cook, literally knocking the dude down on coverage. 
he's he's all around. You know what kills me about Jeremiah though? Uh, he was number twenty eight. So I'm like, wait, <laughs> safety? Yeah. Oh no, it's Jeremiah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look, he's been playing outstanding, dude. I, I I am shocked, shocked that he fell to the second round. This dude is literally the best, one of the best players, defensive players in the NFL right now. Not only amongst rookies, I'm talking about the whole NFL. Jeez, you know? Yeah, I mean, look, he, he, his his PFF grade is eighty nine point eight. Yep, yep. It's elite. Yeah, and and, and it's mind boggling because people don't know what to do with him. Is he a tweener? Is he a rusher? Is he does he play linebacker? What does he do? Is he a jack of all trades? Yeah, but he's not athletic enough. We see guys that come in the NFL. They don't know the position they're gonna play. Seems like he's doing just fine with the Cleveland Browns. He's doing everything. He looks like he's doing just fine. I mean, yeah, when, you know, like you said, the, the real biggest issue or the qu- biggest question mark people had with him was, you know, he was only weighing in at about somewhere between 215 to 225, you know. Yep. Is he going to be able to hold up? How is he going to be able to, you know, really, really play within the box? Well, I'm going to tell you this right now. He's the second best. Now, we talked about PFF grades. Maybe, you know, there's some there's some tweaking that needs to be done to him. Yep. But when he, But when you're, you're graded out as highly as he is, it's impossible. And, and that matches the eye test. You know what I'm saying? Yep. The eye test. Jalen Smith, it was a complete difference. It was the opposite look. With Jeremiah, it is boom. You watch the game. Oh my goodness, this guy's standing out. You look at the numbers. Oh my goodness, this guy's standing out. Number one linebacker against the run in the entire NFL. Right Crazy, now. dude. Number have you one. seen some of the open field tackles? I'm sorry for putting. No, no, no. I was gonna say, and that's the be- most impressive part is you know you get the normally when you're a good run defender as a backer, it's because you know you can just do it in the box. You know these stout guys wearing a neck roll and shit like that. Yeah. This guy can get out, like you said, he can get out in the open field. Yep. And, and hang with guys and do more than hang with guys. He's yep. dictating what guys are doing. He's taking runs away from guys. He's taking yep. away two, three, four yards from guys who are just like, hey, you know, I'm getting seven right here. Oh, why am I only just getting two now? You know, so he huh. is, you know, you know, when the running back, like, you know, they kind of jump to the, they, they kind of pop out to the side, to the yeah. flat, and he's like, there's so much screen. And then you got, you know, Jeremiah just like, so dirty yeah. through. He's like nope, and and, yep. and that and that defense. I think he's played an instrumental part right now. Third and tackles on the team, um, on that defense. Which I'll be honest, man. I think might you know might be one of the best defenses in the NFL. They looked for real yep. against you know a Minnesota offense that let's be honest has been pretty was pretty explosive uh, in the first three games. Even though they're only one and three right now. But man, to hold them to seven points, I mean, Miles Garrett is dominating for them as well. You know, I don't want to take the shine away from Jeremiah, of course, but you know, the whole the defense as a whole is is playing fantastic, and he is right at the heart of it, and he is one of, if not the biggest reason why, because he's really the biggest difference. Him and John Johnson, the biggest difference to this defense from from last season to this season. Yep. So, and they're playing dividends. A and also. You know, I ain't going to talk about the LSU boys for too much, but Greedy Williams, man, he's balling too. Yep. Greedy Williams is balling too. Number two rated corner for, according to PFF. So he's, you know, this Cleveland defense is playing well, and Jeremiah's right at the heart of it. I told you, though, man, he's going to, when he got drafted 52, I was like, this is the wrong guy to drop 20 spots for the rest of the NFL because he's just going to come in pissed off, and he's just going to, obviously, he's not going to be. You know, not in an arrogant way, but he's going to be like, look, man, I'm one of the best players in this class, and I know it. 
and he just came in and proved it. So uh, couldn't be happier for him. Uh, and I honestly just think he's he's just starting to, um, you know, reach this scratch the surface of, of the player yep. that he could be. You know, so that's and that's the scary part, honestly. Um, let's talk about another rookie that's kind of just scratching the surface of, of what he could be. My uh, best rookie boss, I got Rashawn Slater, um, the left tackle. Yeah, I know from the Los Angeles Chargers. You know, it, it, it's not sexy, I guess, to pick a tackle or anything like that or talk about a tackle. But, man, you know, people talked about, um, you know, Tristan Wirfs and how advanced he was last season as a rookie and, you know, how he had a great season, which I agree that he did and all that stuff. But, man, this guy Slater looks like he's far beyond that. I think he's third right now as far as most um, guys with the most uh, pass snaps without giving up a sack. You know, he's somewhere in the 170, I think 179, something like that. So this dude has just been absolutely outstanding. He's played played 293 offensive snaps. That's second amongst offensive linemen or offensive tackles. Uh, Zero sacks, uh, only one penalty. Yeah, exactly. As a rookie at the left tackle position. Yeah, I know. And this dude was drafted 13th. I mean, Alex Leatherwood was drafted like six picks after him, and he looks like he might be one of the worst tackles in the NFL, um, to me at least. But this just shows you how hard it is to, you know, even Penny Sewell is struggling a little bit um, in Detroit, you know, with how his rookie season has been going so far. So the tackle position is not easy to adjust to in the NFL. And this dude nope. has made it seem seamless so far. And he's a big part of, of that revamped offensive line and why that offense has been dominant, you know, through the first four games, why Herbert is playing as well as he is. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how, how much to add here, but this dude just looks like he's belongs in the NFL, that he's a he's a, a veteran, you know, three, four-time All-Pro. And uh, the scary he, thing he is, just, Jonathan, he's only 22. He's only 22. <laughs> so he's going to be around for a while. Hey, Chad. Talk to me. I'm calling the Taylors right now. Get that golden jacket ready. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. He might. He, he's definitely going to be up there uh, when it's all said and done. Let's go ahead and move on now, boss, to most surprising player. You told me you, you, you had a hard time with this one. Um, go ahead and tell me who you had. I got Trayvon Diggs, man. <laughs> I feel like you're buttering me up with your award. You go seven five no. seven first. You go at the Cowboys <laughs> second. Be honest. You need a pay, you want a pay raise, boss? I'm just trying to get my first paycheck. It's episode sixty eight. Hey man, we gotta get our financial guy on. I don't know what's going on with him right now. <laughs> okay, so it was hard. I'm not gonna lie. Look, I and I think Max Crosby could have been here as well. Yep. But honestly, Max Crosby has been a problematic player um, for, for since he's been in the league. Like he's been the Raiders' best uh, edge rusher uh, since you know he got drafted in the you know along with Colleen Fair, but he was a, a third or fourth round pick. Uh, I, I he wasn't a surprise to me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Maybe for the league, but he wasn't a surprise to me. There are a lot of questions coming in for Trayvon Diggs, man. And, and uh, I was right he, at the front of him too. Yeah. You know, uh, a, a lot of people, you know, feel like he really struggled at the beginning of his rookie year. Um, this defense has been completely revamped uh, with Dan Quinn taking over. A lot of new pieces. Um, look, man, this this team, you know, he has five interceptions. I'm not saying that he's the best coverage corner, but, you know, 
one of the best ways to be a good defensive player is just to take the ball away from the other team. And, and that's what Trayvon Diggs has done this year. He has five interceptions. That accounts for half of the turnovers the Dallas Cowboys have created this year. Um, I, I, I've read plenty of articles from you know a pre you know before the season for 2021, and there and and there are a lot of question marks. Like, look, this guy is the number one corner. So why are they drafting you know a bunch of corners, right? So so Kelvin Joseph, uh, Noshawn Wright. What's up with Trayvon Diggs? And you know he's answered the call in a pretty big way. In one of the biggest spotlights in the NFL, playing for the Dallas Cowboys, a team that has legitimate aspirations for contention in the NFC, and I think he's the you know right up there as one of the most important play, probably the most important player in that secondary. He's turning, he's doing what star corners do. He's turning the ball over. Now, he has to clean a few things up. Yes, he does, right? He, he, he's not super sticky, uh, but man, uh, the, the flu, fluidness, I, I don't know what the word is, you know, of, of, of catching the ball. I think he played wide receiver before. Yep. Uh, all, all those straights kind of coming out, kind of the, of the elite corner, because um, he, he slipped in the draft last year, man. Oh, this yeah. guy was taken in the second round when uh, some people had him as a late, you know, mid to late first rounder. Yep. And. I guess everything uh, is kind of coming together. Maybe, you know, he's talk, talking about how the game has slowed down for him. I'm just really impressed uh, so far with Trayvon Diggs. He's just surprising, right? Like I, I didn't see this. I I thought that the, the, there would be a lot more struggles in that secondary with the Cowboys, and you know, he's kind of changed my mind on that. Hey man, I I you know you you covered it perfectly. You, you sure you don't want to jump on you know the Cowboys bandwagon? We got some we got some spots available. You seem like you you know more you know more about Diggs than about ninety percent of the Cowboys fans that I talk to. So. Uh, uh no, I, I unfortunately I'm a loyal person and. Uh, that's hilarious. No, yeah, I, but I, I agree with you completely. I think Diggs is, has has continued to just improve, improve, improve. And, look, I was not a fan of his last season. I didn't think he played with enough physicality throughout the route. Um, I didn't think he was physical enough at the line of scrimmage especially, you know, to be really in that elite group group of corner. But he's shown this year, like, look, man, he's, he's still not as physical as I would want him to be. But, yep. look, you don't have to do that anymore really in the NFL to be an elite corner because you're not going against those physical dominant wide receivers that we that we're accustomed to you're going against these speedy guys these quick guys you know these guys that are looking to make big explosive plays and in that situation you want a corner exactly like what Diggs is like you said very fluid guy fluid with his hips a little bit fluid with his hands you know ball skills ability to you know read the ball in the air that wide receiver like you said so you know I, I think he's starting to put it all together and he can still continue to get better you know like a lot of the guys we've talked about today. So that's very encouraging as well. Um, boss, let's go ahead and move on to my most surprising player. I just want to talk about him real quickly because, you know, his team quietly 3-1. and one, That's uh, Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, yeah, I know. I know. And I obviously, you know, that LSU connection, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to root for him a little bit harder than some other guys. But, man, he's playing really well this year. Third in completion percentage, 
Um, and most importantly, third in yards per attempt, really starting to push the ball downfield. You know, the Jamar Chase, I almost, you know, we talked about him as, you know, he could have been a, a possibility for rookie of the year for, for either one of us, or, or best rookie, yep. should I say, for either one of us. He's, you know, making explosive plays. I think he's got 300 yards receiving this year, so, you know, he's playing really well. And, and, and Burrow's got five touchdowns. Or I'm sorry, nine touchdowns. Nine. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is fifth in the NFL. You know, this team is – is I was really disappointed in them in, in their week two loss to Chicago. Um, mm. You know, and outside of that, you know, I thought they've played really well this year because I, I'm actually expecting stuff from them. Like, that's the thing. They're to the point now where I can actually say I'm disappointed in them because I'm expecting them to do better at certain points. You know, in years before, I'm just like, oh, Cincinnati. You know, I'm lucky if they're able to actually get 11 guys on the field and all run the same play. But now I'm like, man, this is one of the most explosive offenses. You know, Burrow's making good decisions outside of that Chicago game where he threw three interceptions in the fourth quarter of that game, which was insane. Um, outside of and that, they, they they still almost won that game yeah, at the oh end. Yeah, they they, they, they still came back. If they if they ever recovered that onside kick at the end of the game, I fully was thinking like, hey man, they're gonna go down and score another touchdown because Chicago couldn't stop them. You know, at the end of the game, but yeah, they just put together these stretches where they're just super explosive, man. And I like a lot of their guys and and you know he's he's really upped his game. He's getting nine point two air yards per attempt. This season, yep. fifth in the NFL. He was only at 6.7 last year. So he's looking to drive the ball, which is impressive considering he's now coming off the injury. You know, so yep. it shows he's hanging in there a little bit longer, showing that that knee injury that, you know, there were a lot of whispers, you know, in camp and stuff like, hey, man, I don't think Burrow's ready. You know, mm-hmm. we're not sure, you know, where he's at mentally. A lot of mm-hmm. questions about the mental side of him coming into the year. And, and man, he's, you know, he's, he's quieted them so far to this point in the season. Um, next four games, you know, they got a couple tough ones. They got Green Bay at home this week, uh, but then they get to go to Detroit, and they're going to go to the Jets uh, in a couple weeks. So a couple winnable games. I could easily see them being 5-2, five 5-3, and two, five and three, something like that. So uh, I really hope this team continues to, um, you know, show that they're explosive on the offensive side. Well, let's not take the spotlight away because I, I do think that this game against the Green Bay Packers is very winnable, right? Uh, I, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, he, he besides that Chicago game, he's looking very impressive, dude. Uh, his rating's off the charts. His QBR is pretty good. Uh, he hasn't made mistakes. And, you know, like you said, uh, I say even up to, to the week leading to the regular season, those questions were swirling out there. Look, we're not really sure about Joe Burrow's, you know, uh, mental, you know, side. He he looks scared in practice. He's worried about that knee. Jamar Chase wasn't helping out dropping all those balls. They let him play three, literally three plays in preseason against the Dolphins. Uh, they were very secure with him. But man, this guy has responded in a big way, and he's having a big, big season. And honestly, he looks like he belongs. I think he he looked like he belonged last year until he got injured. But even with this kind of makeshift offensive line, he's making the best of us opportunity. And, man, this kid is here to stay for a long time, and he's playing really well this year. Yeah, man, absolutely. Absolutely. Really impressed with what he's done so far this year. Um, Boss, we're going to actually stay in the AFC North when we Mm -hmm. go on to most disappointing, and I'm going to go first. Because I have the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. I have Oof. the Pittsburgh Steelers, one and three. Um, 
offense has really looked horrible all season long. You know, people talked about him after that Buffalo game, like they were going to do something. It was like, okay, you know, the defense. They won because of a block yeah, punt. I was going to say the defense looked really good in that game, but, you know, offensively they, they looked horrible. And then, like you said, the block punt was really the only thing, was really the difference in that one. Um, although Steelers fans could say, well, we blocked a field goal in, uh, you know, this past week and that got called off. You know, we're just a dominant special Stop. teams team. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't no, last that place in the NFC, AFC North. Yeah. And one I, and three. Why everybody else is three and one. And more importantly, man, the, the biggest thing, and I think this is like the third week in a row we've said it, but Ben is cooked. Ben is officially yeah. cooked. Ben's done. He's just, I mean, what was, we talked about it before we started recording. It was like 58 pass attempts for 200 and something yards. Just not driving the ball downfield at all. I mean, 6.1 yards per attempt. Can you say, can you guess the only two quarterbacks worse than him this season? Uh, the only two quarterbacks worse than him. I will give you a hint. They are both in the AFC. Jacoby Brissett? Yes, he's dead last. And whoever plays for the Houston Texans at this point? Yes, Davis Mills. Uh, okay. <laughs> Man, are you on a podcast? You seem like you know something about the NFL. I, I, I dabble. <laughs> Uh, but, but man, the, the disappointing part with this Pittsburgh situation also is kind of coming from the, the whole front office and the entire, you know, the way they've handled this Ben situation because, you know, to me it's kind of starting to get to that Eli Manning point with the Giants, right? The Giants kind of held on to him. You know, the root of the Giants' problems were they kind of held on to Eli for a year, maybe even two years too long, when in reality they maybe should have started to move on from him a while before I think the same case could be made with Ben, and, and look how far that set back, you know, the Giants. I'm saying that maybe they could be starting to come out of it now, but, I mean, this is, what, three, four years of they were miserable, you know, one of the worst teams in the NFL, and I could kind of see that being the next couple years for for Pittsburgh. Dude, this team is just awful. Look, you're absolutely right about this whole Ben Roethlisberger thing. Look, they should have had a backup plan years ago because he kept threatening to retire, um, you, you saw the declining play. Uh, you know, what happened in the last five games last year it was a telltale sign of like, hey, maybe I got we got we to gotta do something about this. Yep. Maybe we got to take somebody else. They brought in Dwayne Haskins. And, uh, and, and, and Jeff, and just for the record, I'm sorry, boss. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just, I got pissed off about seeing this. Fucking okay. Jeff Saturday on Get Up saying that there's no chance that they can bench Big Ben. Dude, wake the fuck up. Like, come on, man. This is the NFL. People like this isn't about giving what, hugs what, and shit what, like what, that. What? This what? Isn't about you giving hugs yeah, this isn't about that. Yeah, this isn't about giving out Care Bears and shit. You played in the NFL, Jeff. You know what it, I'm talking to him like. This uh, ain't baseball. This ain't basketball. Where we yeah. do farewell tours. Exactly. I mean, he, 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 look, this guy's washed up, and and honestly, we kind of knew that this was gonna be a bad, bad year for the Steelers, right? The offensive line is horrible, Chad. They've literally ran for 221 yards the whole F.E. season. The Cowboys had more rushing yards against the Panthers than what the, the Pittsburgh Steelers have the whole season. Najee Harris is, is averaging 3.4 yards a carry. His longest run of the season is, is 20 yards. Yeah. Okay. Horrible. Look, they're, they're, you know, that's 55 yards a game on the ground. So, hey, let Ben throw. Look, you can't protect. You can't run. 
right? You're throwing all these short passes, hoping that Deontay Johnson and Clay, uh, Chase Claypool are, are, are going to, you know, do big things and break tackles. Look, all teams are going to do is going to play up you, play you in the box. Absolutely, you, you can't. You're unable to challenge anybody vertically. And honestly, the defense. I don't know about the defense so far, man. Uh, you know, I mean, it's been it, average at best. I'll say it's been average, it's been average. And, and that's and, not good enough considering the offense that they have. And that's the thing. Like sometimes your offense is so bad that you're going to do that to your defense. You know what the problem and, is? Is they're not taking mm, the ball away this year. They've only got mm, they've only got a couple of takeaways right now. I think they only have two or three, and that's what's killing them right now. No, I I. I, I, I I would not put them in my most disappointed category because you know why? I kind of knew this was going to happen. Deep yeah. down, I, I didn't want to believe it because I really like Mike Tomlin. I, we talked about this before the season started. He was one of my top five coaches. Yeah. But this is not going right, man. They they got to make that call. Be like, hey, Big Ben, you are done. And honestly, if they want to wait till the end of the season, that's on them. But if they have something else or they want to see something else in somebody else, they got to start pulling the plug soon. Even if you have to fucking, you know, fake an injury for Big Ben and be like, all right, he's just not, you know, something with the knee, something with the knee, something with the shoulder, and, and get somebody else some playing time, man. Uh, it's just despicable. The fact that you can't sit the guy down? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, get out of here, man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. So go ahead and tell me who your most disappointing has been this year, boss. Yeah. I, to me, it's the Indianapolis Colts, man. It, it, it's... It's just very, you know, disappointing. Uh, you know, just looking at the eye test, uh, they, they don't look good. They don't look in sync. They, I know they played a difficult schedule, but it's not getting any any, any easier. I mean, they're going to play That's the right, Houston yeah. Texans here. But, you know, uh, they still well, got to go to. They've got Baltimore uh, this week. They, they do. Baltimore, yeah. And then they have the 49ers after they play the Houston Texans. Uh, it, it just it doesn't seem like Carson Wentz is necessarily an upgrade from Phillip Rivers. Um oh, no. You know, uh, defenses have been playing a little bit better this year overall in the NFL uh, because their defense is where they were at, at last year as far as yards per game given up and points per game, um, kind of around the eighth. Uh, but, man, look, uh, they're, they're 15th in rushing, uh, 20, 22nd in points per game, 25th in pass yards per game, uh, 21st in, in, in total yards per game on the offensive side of the ball, um, only eight sacks, which is really mediocre in the league. They, they just don't have it, man. Uh, they look out, out class against Seattle at home. Uh, they kind of put up a fight against the Rams, but we kind of felt like the Rams was, were going to take it. Yeah. Their only win is against Miami, and it's hard to say that they look dominant, right? Just Miami looks really bad. Um, wh why are they disappointed? Because I, I had this team pegged to win the, the uh, AFC I South. Be a team easy. I thought they would be a playoff you know, team easy. I, I was all in on the whole Carson Wentz thing. And, man, it, it's looking like a disaster right now. Uh, I'm not really sure what can, do, can they do better, right? What can they improve on? Maybe, it, like, the biggest glaring thing for me is, is better offensive line play. Yeah. But I'm not really sure how do we improve that, right? Like, it's the same scheme. It, it's borderline the same players. I know Quentin Nelson is hurt. Yeah. Um, but... It just doesn't look right, right? There's something wrong there. I'm trying to catch what the vibe is. So, but it, it, it's definitely offensively more than defensively, in my opinion, Chad. 
Yeah, I think one of the biggest problems for them is they're not a team that's able to, to, to sustain drives and put points on the board at the end of drives, right? They're mm-hmm. only converting 37% on third down, which is bottom 10 in the NFL. You know, I thought Carson Wentz actually, you know, kind of looked good in some stretches against Miami um, in that Miami game on third down. I think he completed, mm-hmm. you know, five. he was five for nine uh, in the second Oh, he, dis- he, yeah. he destroyed us in the fourth quarter, I, man. I was going like, to say those last two drives, especially on uh, the last drive, he had, he had two huge third down conversions. So, you know, I would like to see him maybe start to put that together more consistently but because – but, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's starting to look like that one year where he was just amazing on third down is more and more of an aberration. And I'm one of the biggest mm-hmm. wins defenders, you know, in the entire NFL. You know, you talked about their rushing attack being 15th. The crazy thing is they've really only come alive in one game, and that was yep. uh, that Miami game, you know, where they rushed yep. for 140 yards. You know, and Jonathan Taylor had uh, 107 or something like that. So yep. only 100-yard game he's had this year so. I, I agree with you that they're having some struggles right now, but I also think that their schedule has just been so brutal. It, it, it's hard to evaluate what this team really is so far. And obviously, you know, you're going to want to be a team that's able to beat good teams. Um, but but I, we I, talked I, about this before. That, sorry to cut you off. Yeah. We thought that they were going to be an 0-5 start without Carson Wentz. Yeah. And here we're staring at a 1-3, probably 1-4 start with Carson Wentz. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true, and and that's that's the concerning part, right? It just shows Carson Wentz maybe just isn't that much of a difference maker, if not just a not a difference maker at all. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how how that kind of shakes up for them. Really do like their second half of the schedule, though. They they got Jacksonville twice, Houston twice. You know, they got a Jets game in there. Um, you know, so New England, who I think could be a very winnable game. San Francisco uh, could be a winnable game. So I, I, I still think, you know, I'm still betting Defi- on them. To definitely, rally. I definitely have my vote, you know, in their potentially most disappointing team as well, Chad. Just want to throw that in there yeah, for San yeah, Francisco. That's true. Exactly. So there you go. Two, that could be your face off for most disappointing of like the midseason or something like that. Yeah. They'll be playing right in the middle of the year. Um, let's go ahead and move on to maybe some of our ha- our last couple of awards. These are some happier ones, boss. Real quickly, let's get on to best team. Who has been your best team so far this season? All right, man. The Arizona Cardinals. Okay, look, they are the last. The four zero Arizona Cardinals. The four zero. Look, I don't. I don't believe that this story is gonna end happy uh, because he disappointed (laughs) us last year. So they had to prove it, right? But if this is like quarterly award, it's the first four games. I'm gonna give them an award for most impressive quarter. All right. They're they're four and zero. They beat the Rams on the road. Um, maybe you shouldn't have lo- beat the Vikings on that game. You know, last minute field goal. The Vikings should have made that field goal. But a comeback win on the road uh, against the Jaguars. They played three road games so far this year. So which is really impressive. Uh, Chad plus fifty five in point differential this year, uh, which is second in the NFL. Number one in scoring. Um, number one in yards per game at four hundred and forty yards. Uh, Turnover differential at plus five, which is tied for second um, in the NFL. Ten sacks, which is tied for six. Um, really interesting stat here. Uh, Chad, right now, they're ninth in scoring defense, and they're giving up 21.3 points per game. Okay, and you're like, well, but that's ninth. Look, last year, um, you know, in 2020, 
only three teams gave up less than 20 yards a game. This year, eight teams have given up less. Yes. So at 21.3, to me, that's not bad. They're, they kind of play for a bender, but don't break defense. Kyler Murray has been outstanding. That overall defense has been outstanding. They don't have to rely on, on DeAndre Hopkins, um, you know, as they've been able to rely on A.J. Green. Overall, as a team, this team has looked really, really sharp, man. And for first quarter awards, just going to go ahead and give it to them. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think there is any. Um, I don't think there can be any disagreement with that one. Um, Kyler Murray has looked really good so far this season. I mean, he's, you know, right up there. I would say for MVP consideration or best player and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, like you said, man, I think I think the receiving group is they're really spreading the ball around. They've got a bunch of yes, they are. Guys who are making plays, you know, A.J. Green. I mean, they've got four receivers over 200 yards right now. You know, Max DeAndre, Williams is out here yeah, showing up. Yeah, I was going to say, DeAndre Hopkins Rondell is third, Moore, is third Christian on the Kirk. team. Yeah, I was going to say, DeAndre Hopkins is third on the team in receiving right now, you know, and he's still, you know, he's looked really good, um, you know, but he's also been the focal point of a lot of defenses. And look, that's mm-hmm. why you go out and you get an A.J. Green. That's why you draft a Rondell Moore. You know, Christian Kirk, I think, is starting to show some of that promise that so many people kind of pegged him in for for the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, I think they're just really rounding into a well-oiled offense. Um, and then the most surprising thing, man, is that offensively, at least, is that they were able to run all over that Rams team. I mean, uh, Chase Edmond had an amazing game, uh, over well over 100 yards in that one. So they're just uh, – him and James Conner have formed a nice two-headed attack. They're averaging 137 yards a game, you know, between those two. And then, of course, Kyler, you know, his legs, he's able to, you know, give teams, you know, a headache with that. Um, and, then and, and you know what's funny? He's not running the ball a lot, right? Like like no, rushing. No, he's just you. He's just using his legs to buy himself more time and making throws out of the pocket, which to me is super impressive. What yeah. he's doing. I still remember when he he made uh, um, Jeffrey Simmons look like a fool on that on that first game of the season or second game uh, when Arizona and Tennessee played. But man, he's mm. uh, Kyler is on another level. And man, the defense is looking really well, looking really good. Yep. Like you said, man, they're they're playing well. They're playing really well right now. Chandler Jones five sacks. Um, had what four of them in that one game against uh, Tennessee so yeah you know definitely I think he's still living rent free in Taylor Lewan's head but you know (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's funny no but yeah I really like Arizona surprisingly boss um the the team that I'm actually gonna have for for best team is the team that they thumped uh on Sunday night and that is the LA Rams (laughs) Yeah, so the L.A. Rams for me, boss. I, I, I know, you know, you're laughing at me. How could I have the Rams after, you know, what Arizona did to them? Look, I, I just still feel like, to me, this is a team that I've seen. I, I, I've seen more parts of this team, uh, you know, be successful. I've seen this team actually get real playoff reps. And in a situation like that, I'm just going to default to a team that I've seen do it before versus a team like Arizona who I have never seen, you know, even come close to the playoffs. And quite frankly, you know, like you said, they started off really hot last year. Um, and I know this is just the first quarter award, so we're only supposed to be talking about so far this year, but I can't get the big picture part of it out of my head. And just gotcha. with Arizona, or with just with, you know, the Rams' big picture, I, I feel more comfortable with them. You know, their offense is explosive. They're sixth in scoring right now. 
Um, and that's even after that dud that they put up against Arizona. Matthew Stafford kind of struggled a little bit in that Arizona game, and, and people are starting mm-hmm. to, or people were starting to say, well, you know, how good is Matthew Stafford? You know, we, we worried Stop. about him in the big game. Stop. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Stop. This dude is still balling. He's averaging 9.1 yards I, per attempt. Well, no, go ahead. Go ahead please. <laughs> how many times did the Tampa Bay Bucks beat the Saints in the regular season last year? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Zero, I think, right? It was zero. He, he, they got blown out. I mean, they got embarrassed in that one game. They got embarrassed by him in the yeah. one game. So it's yeah. not about peaking right now, especially for a team that's new. Um, and, you know, we say not peaking. They're still, like I said, they're still 3-1. and one. They're still one of the most explosive offenses. They're 54% on third down, which is second in the NFL. That is unreal. Yeah. Um, and the, the one of the best things that I love about them is they're the least penalized team in the NFL. They've only got 12 penalties this year for 91 yards. I think it shows wow. that Sean McVay coaches a very disciplined style. You know, he's really seen as, you know, especially when he first started off coaching, was seen as just a guy free-flowing, running the offense, having fun out there. But I think he's really formed himself into being just a really good overall overall coach and overall, you know, decision-maker, should I say, for that team. Um, I really like their roster. Cooper Cup has balled out for them this year. You know, the biggest worry for me is still um, – you know that running game they are can they create some explosive plays in that running game their longest rush this year is only 15 yards um mm. you know daryl henderson sony michelle we've no one's ever put those guys on a scouting report you know and had to worry about them on a wednesday or a thursday you know mm. they just kind of are out there doing whatever um so you know see what if they can kind of sure up that because i think the line's actually been playing really well you know stafford's only been sacked three times Mm-hmm. Um, I think the line's been playing well. It's just a matter of kind of figuring out that ba- that running back that's going to be able to capitalize it, it, with that offensive line. Um, you know, to me, um, what do you what are you seeing from the Rams? You 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 kind of I know you said you liked Arizona more, but are you at least kind of seeing where I'm, what I'm thinking when I'm talking about the Rams? Well, no, I, I think that was a tiebreaker for the first quarter, right? Like I think if you ask me to take the whole the the whole picture, right, the whole story. I probably wouldn't have Arizona there, right? I I would have most likely I I have the Rams as a better team um, than, than the Arizona Cardinals. I I just feel like Matt Stafford has been you know doing this for a while. Sean McVay has gone to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, you know, it, Aaron Donald is still the best defensive player <laughs> in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is you know arguably the top corner in the NFL. They have linebackers who are doing really well. Uh, Kenny Young is a, is a heck of a player, kind of underrated. Um, I, I really like the Rams, and honestly, I still think that they're going to win this division, right? And yep. if it comes to the playoffs, I, I feel like Sean McVay can out-coach Cliff Kingsbury. Um, so I have no I have no issues with, with, with your with, with your you know first quarter best team. It's just you know there, there was a head-to-head matchup. And, and Arizona kind of just dominated the Los Angeles Rams. Nice, thank you, boss. Thank you. You made me feel yeah. good. You made me feel good. No, come on, gonna, man. I thought you. I was. I was thinking maybe no. you were gonna slander it. You, you, you just you, at me at the beginning. No, you just killed me because I was like, oh shit! I wasn't looking at the big picture. I was just like, <laughs> you know, focus on the first quarter. You know? Hey, man, I always got to have that big picture mindset. Hey, always. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> I, I play in the box, buddy. I... <laughs> Give me that sandbox. 
<laughs> uh, boss, go ahead and give me your best player, and then we're going to go ahead and get out of here after we finish these last two. I mean, look, man, this is going to be best team, best player, right? Kyler Murray. I, I've been really impressed with him. Um, yeah. It's like, you know, it, here, I'll give you some of the stats here. 1,273 passing yards, which is third in the NFL. Nine touchdowns, four picks, but he has three rushing touchdowns on the ground. Uh, he's averaging 9.5 yards in the air, which is second in the NFL. 74.5 QBR, which is third. Also, 76% completion percentage, which is the best in the NFL right now. Um, if you're looking at, down the field too. Down the field. I mean, they, they they don't do like bubble screens and shit like that. They actually throw the ball down the field. They're, this is no Jacoby Brissett. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, I I had a lot of doubts about Kyler Murray coming into the NFL. Uh, wasn't sure about his stature. Uh, dude is just a baller, man. Just just like fucking little little ninja just running around left and right, <laughs> just throwing darts. Uh. A really good quarterback, a really dynamic player. We've seen this before. We kind of want to see just be, being sustained. And I'm not 100% sure if the sustaining the success is really on him. It's probably more on coaching um, to keep finding him the matchups, to, 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 you know, to put him in a position to be successful. Um, and, and so far, it's just been really impressive what he's been, do he's been doing, man. So MVP, Kyler Murray. Man, I, I like it. I like it. I, he was definitely in consideration for me. Uh, I just, uh, we, me and Jonathan actually did some planning beforehand. You know, we always go talk, feel like we talk about the same, you know, five or six teams because we both kind of think the same. So we did a little, we did a little advanced scouting beforehand, made sure we weren't crossing, crossing over on each other. But yeah, man, I think, I think Kyler is, is right up there with, you know he's 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 the most dynamic guy I think running the ball. I, I think I actually can say that. I think he's more dynamic running the ball and scrambling than Lamar. And he also brings that big arm element. Can make every throw from every angle. You know he's got that baseball, um, you know, kind of edge to his game where you know hey I can make on the run either direction. I can make throws. You know, and, and he always is, he's actually able, one thing that I really like about him is even when he's on the move and he's so quick, so dynamic, he actually still sets his feet majority of the time before he makes yep. the throw, you know, and that just shows you that he's able to escape from guys because he's so fast and so quick and so explosive that he's able to give himself some time to set his feet and get the throw off again. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of one of the sneaky parts of his game that is just really impressive especially from a guy who let's be honest he's still a young quarterback yes. you know he's still a young quarterback and you know showing the 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 intangibles the tools that he has you know i think it's just great to see what he's done so far this season and i think um you know i, I just hope he continues to stay healthy right because sneakily that was kind of the part that derailed them at the end of last year is he just really wasn't healthy that shoulder injury limited him through the last couple of games and that's kind of clear now seeing how well he's playing right now and there are people who are questioning trading josh rosen <laughs> Hey, I questioned it when the when the trade first happened. I'm not gonna lie I, to you. I, I was happy that the, the Dolphins went out there and got Josh. Oh, for Rosen. sure, for sure. I, I mean, just, as a Dolphin, and, and, I'm sure and, you weren't questioning it. And if you look at Kyler Murray too, and compare him to the quarterbacks that came out in his draft class, man, dude, it's just like oh, in another Wayne planet. Haskins, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, Drew Locke. Yeah, although yeah, I'm, not uh, giving, Jared I'm not giving up on Daniel Jones. Somehow Daniel Jones has moved into second place. 
So Who, who's your guy? Who's your guy, Mr. Chad? Yeah, that brings me to my MVP, Daniel Jones. No, I'm just kidding. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just, my eyes just like they went to the TV <laughs> and then they just like got real big and came, uh, came back to the laptop. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. That's funny. Uh, no, no, not Daniel Jones. Not Daniel Jones. Please don't have a heart attack while we're recording, boss. That would be very bad. Although, I don't know. I feel like the, maybe the listens might go up. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> Most likely. But I have um, a guy who I actually feel like has kind of been slept on this season, um, even though we know he's the best player in the game. And that's this quarterback out there in Kansas City named Patrick Mahomes. If you, wow, if you've heard of him. Mahomes. Yeah, I know. Last I, place Mahomes. <laughs> uh, wow, yeah. I mean, he is. Yeah, he definitely is in last place right now. But like I said, man, I'm I'm always the big picture type of guy, right? I'm always gotcha. looking at I'm always looking at the big picture, and I think you know secretly, yes, they are. I mean, it's not a secret that they're in last place because trust me, every show leads it leads it with that every damn day almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, I I still think this offense is right exactly where it's been. You know, for the past couple of seasons, putting up points. You know, this guy Mahomes. Fifth in completion percentage right now. Mm-hmm. Fifth in yards. Sixth mm-hmm. in yards per attempt. 14 touchdown passes the most. Has three more than anybody else in the NFL. Those numbers got inflated against the Eagles. Okay, yes. Those numbers got inflated. Okay, oh, okay, I got you. I got you. What guy hasn't played a bad – like, what quarterback hasn't played a bad team yet where their numbers can get inflated? Let's go ahead and or remind us defense. about Clay. Just to remind us about Adrian Claiborne. Go ahead. What guy hasn't made his money? Okay. Oh, oh, one game. I got you. Adrian Claiborne, Patrick Mahomes, I think we're talking about guys in two different classes of player. <laughs> and I'm actually kind of offended that you even said that, that Adrian Claiborne's name. But – but it's okay. We're talking about my MVP so far. Um, but look, they're two and two. Let's be honest. They easily could be three and one. Like literally, all Clyde Edwards-Alaire needs to do is hold on to the ball, and they would be three and one. And that's not taking anything away from Baltimore. Although I am gonna take some away from that win they had against Denver because uh, I thought them running the ball with, on that last play with three seconds was bullshit. And that's me hmm. finding a way to sneak that into this episode. <laughs> Congrats! Thank you, thank you. That's what I do. I troll. I troll through that, but through the podcast. Are, um, are we putting the Adam Gase in there somewhere? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Will Patrick Mahomes be successful if Adam Gase was coaching him? Most likely not. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the funny part about the, the Baltimore, and then I promise we'll get back to Mahomes in a second. But I actually love John Harbaugh as a coach. Like, I was sitting in class the other day, and I was making, I was bored, so I was super locked into some podcast stuff. And I was, nice. making, my li- I was making my list of coaches. This is, this is kind of a fun exercise. I encourage any football fan to do it. I literally wrote out every single coach's name, and then I started – and I was like, all right, if all these guys are available, what guy would I take? And as yep. I just wrote guys out, I would cross them off the list. And I think Harbaugh was like the fifth or sixth guy that I took. Yep. Because he's one of the best coaches. But I think going for that 100-yard thing, I don't know. If I reevaluated and did it right now, maybe he's not fifth or sixth. Maybe he's like ninth. Not you still have Adam Gase, though, right? Oh, come on, dude. Adam yeah. Gase is 65th. <laughs> That high? <laughs> yeah, come on. 
he's still he's over Rex Ryan for me. That's for damn sure. Oh, he's definitely over. That's a Rex close Ryan. one. That's a close one. Nah, yeah, let's get back to. You haven't heard him on Get Up clearly, but yeah, let's get back to Mahomes. Let's get back to Mahomes. Um, this team sixty four percent on third down right now, which is I mean that's like that's that's mad numbers. But only if you're playing on like all if you're playing on rookie level and you created the quarterback and made yourself a ninety nine. Like that's mm-hmm. the only way you're getting sixty four percent on third down. That's ten percent better than the Rams who are in second place. Um, you know, so offensively, I think they're doing everything that they want to. They got a huge matchup on Sunday night against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I think they're going to come out firing in that one. Don't want to spoil anything because we're, you know, I'm sure we're going to be talking about it when we do our picks later this week. Mm-hmm. But I, I expect Mahomes to continue to have, you know, another really great season and 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 be right there in the MVP conversation at the end. You know, like we talked, like I talked about when I was talking about the Rams, is I, I'm going to default to a team that I've seen do it before. You know, mm-hmm. until they absolutely prove to me that they cannot do it right now. I was like the L.A. Lakers this past year in basketball. Even when they were down 3-2 to the Suns, I was like, nah, Lakers still have it. You know, because I'm just going to default to a team I've seen do it before. Um, But I think the Chiefs, you know, while I don't have them going back to the Super Bowl this year, I still think they're going to be right there. And I think Mahomes is going to be at the top of his game, as always. So this, there's only one thing that I disagree with and why maybe Mahomes will not be the MVP at the end of this season, right? Okay. One, it, it's kind of that fatigue, right? Like we all know yep. Patrick Mahomes is great. Yep. yep. But is his team going to let him down? Is his defense going to let him down? Are they going to lose games not because of him, but because of that defense, right? It, it, honestly, as great as you are, I, don't, I wish that Patrick Mahomes didn't have to play like Superman every single game. Yeah. Every single I mean, game shouldn't be that hard for for him. After a while, right? yeah, you know, and, and and some of those turnovers uh, against the the Chargers, right, which they it was a, a close game that they lost. That wasn't on him. No. Those fumbles were not on him. The Clyde errors, that's not on him. Um, the one of the interceptions that went through the, the, the backup tight end's hands, that's not on him. He made a really good throw. Yep, but. When your teammates let you down, it kind of reflect, you know, and, and you lose the game, it, that can hurt you. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has outstanding games for the rest of the season. But if it's things around him that he really can't control are bringing him down, it's eventually going to reflect on his grade. And let's be honest here, man. This is a tough game in Buffalo, and I don't want to talk about it, but they, they could potentially go two and three, but he can throw for four touchdowns, you know? Yeah. So yeah. that I think that's my biggest thing with Patrick Mahomes. Like, yeah, he's balling now, but I just feel like the team around him is kind of letting him down. Yeah, and I think to me that would almost be part of the case for him um, mm-hmm. at the end of it. Because I think when you look back, look uh. up at them at the end of the year, they're still going to be you know twelve and five, thirteen and four, something like that, something close well, to it. The, the, the Sean Watson threw for 32 touchdowns and four picks, and nobody was talking to him about him as an MVP. Maybe a really good player, but not an MVP. Well, yeah, I know, but I'm just saying Mahomes is, is a different – I just think he's going to be in the consideration because they'll be like, man, this team went 12-5 and five with the worst defense in NFL history. You know, True. with You know, you can't even name me who their consistent number two wide receiver is, you know, with some of the deficiencies they have with the full – new offensive line and you know that's like what we talked about Mahomes the great equalizer he's probably the best one in the entire NFL at, yep. at neutralizing you know the deficiencies of his team so 
Um, but boss, we're way over time now. We've been uh, <laughs> we've been at it we've been at it for over an hour. Um, we're gonna go ahead and, and end this episode now, uh, so that way you guys don't fall asleep on us. Um, but we're gonna be back again later this week with our picks episode. We're gonna be doing some games. We're gonna give you an update on how we're doing this season. Guys, we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Jonathan, anything before we get out of here? All right, real quick, Chad. Okay. Tomorrow, Rams at Seahawks. Who do you have? Uh, I don't know what the line is, but if we're just talking two, about two and a half Rams, two and a half Rams. Okay, then I have the Rams. I think they're going to be they're going to be excited to bounce back, and I don't think that Seattle is that good of a team. Uh, especially defensively, I think the Rams are going to do whatever they want on offense. What say you? That's that's all. Oh, I have to. I, I didn't. I, I asked you, man. I don't. Really, oh. I, that's all I got. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I didn't know I could. I didn't know I could do go that route. Uh, you didn't give me that option. Um, <laughs> you, guys, you just have to think outside the box. You're right. You're right. All right. Well, now that's one more thing that makes me that I could get looked like as an idiot for if it goes wrong. Um, but guys we thank you all for listening tuning in we hope you guys stay safe and we'll talk to you guys next time see ya ciao